We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? It's Wednesday, September 14th. The game is almost here, but this is KCSN. Update your daily dose of Chiefs news and updates from us here at KC Sports Network. And because it's Wednesday, we are going to be joined by YouTube legend, our guy, NFL content creator, Brett Coleman, to talk a little power rankings this week because the Chiefs tended, uh, they moved up a little bit after their performance against the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll talk about the upcoming matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers and get Brett's thought on one key storyline and matchup that I just feel is going to really determine this game. And I don't think enough people are talking about it right now. But first, please hit that like and subscribe button. If you're watching this uh, video on YouTube and if you're listening to the audio, please rate and review this. Give us a five-star rating and uh, drop a little comment in there. And let us know how you feel about what we're doing here at KC Sports Network. Uh, a lot of great content coming to you every single day here at KCSN uh, from former players, guys like Jeff Allen, Mike DeVito, Matt Castle, Derek Johnson will be joining us next week because uh, we had the short week this week. But he'll be breaking down the defense with Mike DeVito and Craig Stout just like he did last year. A lot of cool stuff, and you can't find anything uh, like what we're doing anywhere else between the YouTube, the podcast, the social media, the newsletters, everything we got going on. Uh, it's going to be a great season. We'll have you covered every step of the way. And right now, let's take a quick word from our partner for this show, DraftKings. Kansas, the wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and receive $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. 
Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700. Must be 21 years old. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. All right, now we bring on Brett Coleman to talk a little Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night, but also to break down a little bit of the power rankings, Brett. But before we get to... Either one of those things, I want to get your initial reaction. Chiefs right now favored by four and a half points with an over-under of 54 and a half. What is your reaction when you hear those two numbers? My reaction? Uh, you mean to tell me that the Chiefs still have a functional offense despite trading away one receiver? I can't wait to talk about this with you. What, what nonsense <laughs> is this? No, I'm not surprised at all. Like, Pat played out of his gourd. Uh, which I guess we're used to that by now, but it was nice that people could see it's like, oh, it wasn't just because of who he was throwing the ball to. Obviously, he still has some good players to throw the ball to, but that wasn't the whole reason. He's still Pat Mahomes. He's still pretty darn good. Uh, and so, you know, the run game showed up. Pacheco had some nice carries. Clyde did some good things yeah. in, the, in the receiving game. The offense still looked really, really deadly. And so four and a half doesn't, really shock me because it's arrowhead it's the home opener oh. you have a cyborg quarterback you have one of the best coaches ever and there's still a lot of talent there yeah uh patch mahomes in the month of september and you think these ga- these stats are made up sometimes when i look at them i have to like double check and be like are you sure like let's go back and look at these 46 touchdowns and three interceptions in four years in a game that's that's less than a full season of games isn't it yeah that's uh, not yeah. normal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. The the numbers, it's going to be stupid. It's it, Same thing, kind of prognosticating. I wasn't the, the only one of the first. I'm not saying that. But I had an up-close view of Travis Kelsey about three years ago, and I was like, this guy is the greatest tight end to ever play. And that was when he broke the consecutive record for 1,000-yard seasons by a yeah. tight end, which I think was like four. And now he's going for like seven. Yeah, you so he had the record like three it. years ago. If he doesn't get a thousand yards, that's the abnormality at this point. Yeah, he's, like, if he's, he's anything wrong. lower than three on your all-time tight end list, because I know some people will favor Tony Gonzalez, some people like Gronk at his peak. I, I I can understand that. If you have Travis yeah. Kelsey anything lower than three, you're just wrong. Yeah, I think that that their national narrative with Travis Kelsey may change. Uh, they get into a few more Super Bowls, a few more big games, and people just realize that much like Gronk was in his prime for those Patriots team, like you just knew the ball was going to him. He still went out and just muscled, made a play, all those things. And I think, you know, Pat McAfee uh, <laughs> said it pretty well the other day when he talked about it. Is that Travis Kelsey doesn't do a lot of ch- – for as confident as he is and for as much swag as he has, I hate saying that, but I don't know how else he'll describe – uh, what he's doing, he's going to make more money after football than he is making football or, you know, making playing football right now. Uh, but he doesn't really puff his chest out, doesn't really care about a lot of this stuff. Uh, Andrew Spruill, uh, we're getting off topic, but uh, we'll get back there. But Andrew Spruill, I know, trains him. He's a Chiefs fan, lives down in Florida, uh, works at one of the training facilities and has trained Travis, you know, in the offseason for a long time. And I know he's not surprised. We've talked about this before, that the humility that Travis really does have when it comes to what he's accomplished so far in the field. When I was working for the Chiefs, when he was going after those thousand yard seasons, I was coming up with all these. I spent all this time looking up all these stats and I go tell him like off, not off the record. I just go talk to him in the locker room and be like, hey, man, like, you know, you're about to do this. And he'd be like, that's cool, BJ. But like, nah, like not 
and I, it was consistent. It wasn't one conversation, but every time he blew me off, when I, I would try to go find a cooler stat so I could try to get him uh, to kind of feel himself a little bit in that way. And he wouldn't because he didn't care. And he genuinely didn't care about his personal accomplishments, which right. always he cares about Super Bowls. He, he yeah. cares about and once you get one Super Bowl, you feel sick every year that you don't win one because like that, like once you're at that mountaintop, nothing else matters. And I've talked to a lot of players about this. Like once you win one, you get immediately addicted to winning Super Bowls, and and you, it's all you think about for the rest yeah. of your career. So he wants another one. I hope he gets a lot of them, but I think that getting in that national stage in a Super Bowl could change that opinion for some. Nobody, nobody in Boston, nobody on the East Coast, probably uh, regarding Gronk, but uh, be a much more um, open conversation about Travis Kelsey being the best. Well, let's get back to. Uh, Let's talk about the, the latest NFL power rankings because I think you and I joked about this last week that a couple of places had the Chiefs as low as seventh, uh, which is about as bad a take as Patrick Mahomes being listed as the eighth best player in the NFL, which after one week, I think you redo the numbers. Everybody gets a chance to you know do the whoopsie. Uh, and I think that's what happened with the power rankings. Chiefs on most of the ones that I saw, um, and granted I'm biased, they're listed as second. Uh, and I'm not going to be as bothered by that as some Chiefs fans will, as most of the places that I saw had the Buffalo Bills at number one. But from a general sense, it feels like the national media that didn't know that Pat was that dude um, and Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, those guys were still going to be as good as they were. I think they kind of recorrected everything and got back to, you know, where the Chiefs should have been from the beginning, which is one of the two or three best teams by far and should not be lower than three on any of those rankings. I mean, I picked – Bills Chiefs to be AFC Championship matchup, and I said that was like my de facto Super Bowl because I said whoever comes out of that game is probably going to win it. So them being one and two makes a lot of sense. Like they're <laughs> the two best teams in the league. They have arguably the two best quarterbacks. They both have elite coaches. They have great defenses. They have great offensive lines. They have great home field advantages. And also, when it gets past December and temperatures drop, they both can play in single digits and not feel bad at all. So yeah. I, I think these are the two most complete teams in the league. And I can't remember when they play. Uh, I think it's like October week, 16th. Week six. The, I know that. Yeah. It's the day after our charity golf tournament. Which is That's on Saturday, right. October That's 15th. Right. I'll, always, I'll remember that anyway. But, yeah, that is whew, that, there's your, be a fun one. Honestly, there's your AFC Championship preview right there at that game. Yeah. I want to ask you this. Before we get into the, the Chief Chargers matchup, uh, Brett, you realize we get off topic a lot. Um, on KCSN on a lot of these shows. Um, but with Josh Allen and the Bills specifically, and I, I like we said, Bills fans, when I was with the Chiefs, the one place that we went that I remember thinking was like Arrowhead or like this looks like a good time was Buffalo. Like when we went to a game and you just kind of look around. I was sitting in the bleachers and everybody, it was like Arrowhead. Everybody's standing up, they're drinking, they're partying. It was just like, this is fun. Like this would be a fun place to to hang out. We went out the night before the game. It was cool. Like it it wasn't what I expected to be one of my favorite road trips and to go out and had a great time uh, in Buffalo. It seemed like an awesome party atmosphere at the game, which isn't a huge you know, shocker to anybody, but it did stand out uh, when we were up there and love what the guys at Cover One are doing. They've got a group up there that uh, does some things that set up a little bit differently, but great analysis from a lot of good people that are trying to inform their fans, uh, similar to what we're doing here at KC Sports Network. But um, and obviously what they do when any of their players are hurting, the way that they, the fan base kind of gets behind those guys, raises money. They did it for Dawson Knox, the tight end. They've done it before in the past with Josh Allen and different guys. But 
I want to ask you about Josh Allen specifically and his propensity to run the football uh, as important as he is to that organization. How do you feel somebody that, that really gets the X's and O's and the, the stresses that having that skill set for a quarterback, who's what six, four to 20 ish, not looking at that, but he's a big dude. He's, um, he's six, six, five, two forty, two, whatever he is. Yeah. He's, he's a man when he's running the football, he's not running like a quarterback. I know the stress and I know the skill set and the, you know, the dynamic ability that that brings to their offense. But how do you feel about having the guy that literally has, you know, the city of Buffalo um, on his back running and taking shots like that, despite how big he is? How do you feel about that just from an offensive, you know, schematic standpoint of your quarterback taking hits like he does? I love that they are capable of doing it. Uh, That when all else breaks down, you know, it's, third and 12 everything's covered up i i i gotta run in space and not just beat a guy but stiff arm him into the dirt to get a first down (laughs) i love that he has the ability to do that because he can make a defense wrong even when they're right however (laughs) i i get flashbacks to cam newton and 2015 cam was unstoppable just like josh allen big fast strong crazy arm was playing out of his mind as a passer um, and we thought we were going to get 10 more years of that. And it was about the same age that, that Josh is now, like Cam won his MVP in his fourth year and then never got back to that point because those hits, like when Shula was dialing up design quarterback runs, just like they were doing with a 20 point lead against the Rams. They didn't have to do that. They could have given us yeah. a Singletary and they didn't. Um, they were doing a lot of that with Cam too. He was their goal line back. He was their short yardage back and the hits add up quickly they do and cam started getting hurt a lot multiple shoulder injuries a lot of knee injuries and he just kind of fell apart a lot earlier than a lot of other quarterbacks do like you know tom's played for 25 years or whatever the number is at this point because he doesn't get hit you know so and and they don't invite him to get hit (laughs) so i i love that they can do it i would like for them to not do it with three possession leads that they don't yeah. have to be like save it for the Kansas cities of the world. When it's a two point game yeah. with two minutes left and you need it, save it for that, yeah. save it for the chargers game, save it for all the games that really matter and not that because the hits will add up quick and he will break down eventually. Yeah. I was getting nervous when I saw him, especially those, those runs you're talking about late in that game. And like, I have no reason to care. I mean, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but like, I felt myself being like, what are they doing? Like, why is this guy out there taking these shots? But a uh, funny side note, and then we will get back on track. I promise everybody. Uh, but Marlia Campbell, uh, who does a couple of shows with us here at Casey sports network played uh, basketball at the university of uh, Wyoming when Josh Allen was there and they were mm-hmm. friends. They knew each other. And she said, we were talking about it yesterday. She was in college with him and knew him when he broke his collarbone, um, basically running and doing a bunch of things in college that he's doing now that he shouldn't have been doing. Uh, but she said that one thing that he taught himself and Brett, I don't know if you've ever talked to Josh or, you know, anybody who knows him. Apparently he was so bored and so driving himself crazy when he was injured because he couldn't do anything that he taught himself like close up magic. And she's like, he is like really, really good. Could go to like what? kids birthday parties and do close up magic. So nuggets for any buffalo beat writers and you know in the dog days of the season you got nothing to ask josh allen about ask about his close-up magic ability because apparently it's a thing and marlia knows all about it 
Well, he's so. really good at ball handling on play action, so maybe that actually helped him out. <laughs> there you go. Now we got a new storyline. A re that's an off season like June ish. Oh type yeah, story. That's June really... all... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's get back to this game on Sunday. Um, or excuse me, on Thursday, Chiefs Chargers. I know that I had messaged you about one of the matchups just because um, I don't feel like enough people are talking about it right now, and that is Orlando Brown Jr. The Chiefs left tackle uh, didn't reach the long-term agreements, playing on the franchise tag, seemingly betting on himself this season that he can go out and play really, really well. And when you're going up against the Chargers front that can get pressure, not sending extra guys, which, for the love of God, we need to talk about Arizona blitzing Patrick Mahomes more than half of his dropbacks, which I know Vance Joseph knows more about football than I will ever – that he forgot more than I will ever know in my entire life combined, but uh, I don't understand that. And for Orlando Brown Jr., he bet on himself four games like this. And to go up against Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, to try to give Patrick Mahomes some time to go make a play. And I just don't feel like Orlando Brown Jr., specifically, especially for all the talk going into training camp about what he was going to mean if he wasn't there, this, that, and the other. We're in week two, and not a lot of people are talking about this. When you see and think about this matchup, what is Orlando Brown Jr.'s biggest challenge with these guys, uh, with what the Chargers like to do? And then just what do you think that performance or what his – um, ability to go out there and play well is going to mean to the overall success of the Chiefs in this game. I'm really curious to see who they match up with him because obviously Joey and Mac can play on either side. Mm. It's going to come down to do they feel like Orlando struggles more with that kind of classic Bosa side scissors type move? Uh, or is he going to struggle more with Khalil Mack's power because he has a really good speed to power move? He'll just run right through your inside shoulder. Going back to college, uh, when Orlando played, uh, it was I think it was against Joey in college. Might have been against Nick, um, but he was one of the few tackles because of his length that handled that side scissors move when he played against Ohio State really, really well. Um, and he he was very good at kind of like flashing, pulling, and then coming back around with like wide hands. And so, but ironically, one of the things that he struggled with because he did have kind of a wider punch was power at times people get under him and run through his chest even though he's so big and so I'm, I'm curious to see if that tendency has stuck in the nfl a little bit i know he's been in the league for a little while but still tendencies are tendencies and i'm curious to see if they put khalil mack on him primarily uh because at least he has a history of being more susceptible to power with his wider punches than he does against you know the finesse moves that joey bosa is really good at uh, not that joey bosa doesn't have power but like his famous right. move is you know, I'm going to kind of Euro step around, use side scissors and rip through. So if Orlando can still take that away, maybe they just like, all right, go hunt. Khalil just run his ass over. <laughs> um, and I, I one note on Orlando Brown. Um, I understand he wants his money because he watched his dad um, get blinded by a rogue penalty flag and miss like three years of his career. It cost him a lot of money. So he was in taught from an early age like hey it can all be over from the most random circumstances go get your money while you can yeah. i support him in that thinking yeah i also support the chiefs in saying hey bud you gave up a lot of pressures last year we cannot reset the market for a tackle that gave up a lot of pressures so yeah. both sides have valid arguments um <laughs> i would say this game as you alluded to goes a long way towards maybe getting him the money he wants. Cause right now I, I would not pay him what he wants, but yeah. if he can go out there 
and survive on an island against two top 10 edge rushers that are going to come at him in a variety of different ways with a whole bunch of different moves, different skill sets. If he can survive against both of them, I think his agent can walk back to the front office and be like, look what he did. You know, you want to survive this division with all these pass rushers, pay my guy 25 million. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One side's going to use this game no matter what happens. Oh, like, This game is going to be discussed uh, when they get into the offseason. Uh, with this stuff but I think you bring up a lot of great points about his opportunity what he uh, can do in this game and I'm never going to blame an organization I don't care who the player is outside of Patrick Mahomes in the quarterback position it was the same deal with Tyreek Hill before all of this offseason stuff has kind of transpired and more has kind of leaked out and come out uh, regarding the dynamics there but you know never going to blame an organization for not wanting to make any player the highest paid in history at his position that's just a business roster composition from the financial side of it that I will always understand from the organization standpoint that that's a tough thing to sell because of value and salary cap. I know salary cap's a myth. You can move things around, but it's still real in that we talked about it before. Sky Moore getting, you know, less in his first four games of or excuse me, first four years of his career than Tyreek Hill gets in the first four games of 2022 uh, will be more money than Sky Moore gets his entire rookie contract. So I understand that side of it, but on the same tile, talk on the other side of my mouth that I think all players are underpaid. So like, I think all players should fight for whatever they're getting, get as much guaranteed money and get all of that. So never going to knock a player for trying to get his uh, in that kind of way. But this is, you know, you reach negotiation, you kind of put it all on the table and you say, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm not going to take the insurance or whatever you're offering now. And this is that game for him. So, yeah, I I think you bring up great points in that, you know, they're going to move guys around. I remember, and I don't know if it's the same, I would defer to, you know, somebody like yourself who really gets in the X's nose. But I remember when it was Melvin Ingram and Bosa, they did so much of putting those guys on the same st- side, having them stunt and twist and doing all kinds of things in that, you know, it's not just that Orlando Brown has to line up against one guy and do the chess match with one player. They're going to bring, like you said, different skill sets and different guys that um, – between rotating between back uh, 
Mac and Bosa uh, to see how quickly he can go from kind of fighting off one to fighting off another, which is another chess match within the game. Uh, are there any other key matchups, Brett, on whether it's up front, uh, but for the Chiefs offense that's really catching your eye as you go into this game as somebody that really studies this stuff, being like, man, that's going to be a fun dynamic to, to us, either the chess match or just um, how it plays out up front. When I was looking at the coverage data yesterday for the coverages that the Chargers used against the Chiefs last year, I was a, a little bit stunned because I know the narr- the prevailing narrative is like, oh, you play quarters and you play cover two against the Chiefs. Yeah. That's what you do, and that's, quote-unquote, the way to stop Patrick Mahomes, which it's really not. Like it, It'll <laughs> slow him down a little bit and make him go the hard yeah. way, but it's not going to stop him, you know? Um, but like, that's the prevailing narrative. But when you look at the coverages that the chargers used against him last year, they ran cover one 54% of the time. So they're running single high man coverage and they did okay while doing that. Even though they weren't full strength, you know, like Derwin was banged up. They, their defensive tackles were not good last year. Their linebackers were just average and they lost their best one in free agency because you're white to the Eagles. Um, so they didn't even really have the, the, all the horses in the stable yet last year. And they still were ballsy enough to go single high cover one against Patrick Mahomes over half the time. They didn't blitz as much as Arizona did, but, um, they certainly weren't afraid to do it. I'm really curious with so many different, so many differences in personnel this year, if Mm -hmm. they stick to that, uh, or if they feel like, hey, we don't have to run as many – it was like 28% blitz rate or something like that last year. Um, yeah. We don't have to do that as much this year because we have Mac and Bosa and all that. And I, I do kind of wonder yeah. if they do play a little bit more quarters and a little bit more cover two, and they force Pat to once again dink and dunk his way down the field, which he's perfectly capable of doing. But yeah. I get the sense we're going to see a lot different schematic approach from the Chargers this year uh, than last year because last year – that much single high man coverage that's that's a little rich my blood against the chiefs we just got done talking about orlando brown if they're gonna run a lot of cover one and orlando brown has a good game then the chiefs are gonna have a good game it's 40 points (laughs) if they're they're gonna score a lot of points because like (laughs) i get it like there's no tyreek but they still got speed man and and all the stuff that they run to punish that type of coverage where they'll go three by one they'll put kelsey on the backside. And they'll say they'll they'll reduce the split, which kind of like forces a lot of corners and a variety of schemes to then kind of like shade outside, which mm-hmm. automatically means you're either pulling a safety down uh, to to bracket him inside, or you're bumping the linebacker out to bracket him inside because of how they like to use three by one and nub sets and all that kind of stuff. Like they force yeah. the bracket on Kelsey by lining him up in a spot where he's going to get two way goes, and then they say, "Here's our three fastest dudes on the other side. Go yeah. deal with that." And figure it out. Run them over. And and if you're playing single high man, they used to do this with Tyreek all the time. You run that high cross from the number three spot across the face of the safety, and it was easy money. Miko can still do that. Miko runs four something. Like I put a lot of bets on McColl on like individual player bets, like everything. It was like McColl's get this is this is a McColl Hardman game for me. I think if if you're gonna based on what they do and what they 
Coach Reed has always been really, really good when they face teams with multiple pass rushers that you you spend all this time talking about what they're going to do up front. He's doing ghost action, end arounds. He's doing everything to try to get those guys thinking, moving horizontally, even if it stut- slows them down for a second. I could see a lot of that. I want to see – I'm curious if we're going to see some of the Sky Moore – uh, line it up in the backfield, some of the different creative things that we saw from them from a personnel formation standpoint at training camp uh, of moving him around just to try to either confuse or slow down those edge guys. But this is very much a, you know what, you're, you take, you win the trenches, fine. We're going to play a three-man game on the outside now that we've got MVS, who's not a small dude. Juju's not a small dude. We spent a lot of time this offseason talking about the composition of the wide receiver room and how much bigger and more physical those guys are get some stuff to the outside and just kind of take away everything in the middle of the field. Uh, if you're going to win the trenches, fine. Andy Reid's not going to keep beating his head against that. If it's not working, he's going to figure out ways to, to basically turn this into a five on five, four on four game with the guys on the outside. I think early on, you're going to see some carries go for one yard, two yards, and that's going to be perfectly fine with them because I think when they present quarters pre-snap or when they present one high pre-snap, you're going to see some basic ass runs. I'm talking about like all the counter stuff that they were doing with Pacheco and Clyde, um, all like the same side inside zone stuff that they were doing with Pacheco and Clyde in the preseason. You're going to see that versus, you know, out of like totally normal personnel groupings, totally normal sets, no motion, everything like that. You're going to see those basic runs with no motion early on because they want to see how they fit it. They want to see yeah. what they're doing with Khalil. They want to see what they're doing with the linebackers. They're going to go back. They're going to watch how they fit it. And then they're going to call a play action concept based on how they're fitting it. Meaning like we were talking last week of, uh, you know, oh, how do you handle the, the Cardinals run game? It's like, okay, well, the edges are responsible for spill and kill. So if they get a polar coming their way, you wrong shoulder, it, you go inside. That's typically how the, the chargers are going to be fitting those types of runs because they have the edges to do it. So mm-hmm. they're going to call those early on. They're going to see, okay, is Khalil Mack shooting inside and spilling everything out? If so, that's good because that means that you can call a play action concept while, you know, basically blocking it up like counter. Um, yep. You know, you're doing like a pole protection or something like that. Because if you know Khalil's shooting inside, he's going to pin himself into the rest of the offensive yep. line. And Pat can just sit back there for five seconds and wait <laughs> for McColl to get, you know, wide ass open deep down the field. So yep. prepare for some terrible runs early on because they just want to see what you're doing. <laughs> And then yeah. they're going to dial it up late second quarter, early third quarter based off of that. All right. We're going to clip that segment and we're going to use that during the game. Be like, Brett told you so. Like <laughs> You should have been doing, or you should have been paying attention. Uh, let's switch to the other side of the ball, Brett. Um, what do the chargers like to do offensively? Uh, and where do they really like to put stress um, on defenses? I know it's easy to say, look at Justin Herbert's, you know, box score and Mike Williams size and Keenan Allen not being in this game is a, is a huge loss for them. Keenan Allen's been a thorn in the Chiefs' side since as long as he's been uh, with the Chargers, which seems like forever at this point. But um, what do the what do the Chargers like to do, and where does the what level of the defense, what area of the defense really needs to be on their you know their P's and Q's because of what the Chargers like to do and where they like to put the stress? The safeties, the safeties, and you know whenever they get into all these crazy rotations into Tampa two, where they have a variety of different people that are that kind of play that pole runner role in that like intermediate ish middle mm-hmm. zone. Um, you know, when Tyron was here, he, they, they had him do it a lot just cause he could. Um, yeah. When they get into those types of coverages, the two safeties deep and the pole runner in Tampa two are going to have to 
believe that he can make every throw. Because how many times, and we just saw it last week too, do we see Justin Herbert uncork some ridiculous, insane ball that three quarterbacks in the league are even going to attempt? And you see a DB who's just kind of like jogging with his back turned 35 yards down the field. And he looks and the ball is coming his way. He's like, oh, God, you know, I got it. Like Divine Diablo just happened to him where Herbert threw a seam ball and, you know, he's getting depth and he's like, oh, there's no way he's going to even try this. And he did. He threw a touchdown and you saw Diablo like look and then adjust mid throw because he's like, is this dude really, really trying this? And yeah, he will. And he will hit it. So I think the safeties and the pole runner need to be aware that just because something doesn't look like it's going to work on paper against your coverage doesn't mean he's not going to try to throw it because he can hit those types of throws. So play every coverage as if you think the ball is coming to you because it probably is. He is that type of quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I'll fall on this every single time because I'm terrible. Apparently at scouting quarterbacks. Uh, but I was, on the I don't want Tua to end up with the Chargers, so I was glad that Tua went to Miami, and then the Chargers got Justin Herbert, and now years later, it's like I'm an idiot. The, the what, monkey what paws curling. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? My claim to fame is uh, Cooper Rush over Brad Kaya. I was a Cooper Rush fan. If you can't tell the co- type of quarterback that I like, um, which is, and I liked Patrick Mahomes because I wanted the talent. I want something different than than what we had uh, with Alex Smith, who I thought was great. Um, put us in chance to win games but what justin herbert has become and it almost seems like he's more accurate uh now uh making more plays uh than he did um off script and things like that it's it's been fun to watch as a football fan but every time i see it i'm like man everybody just dunking on tua and i'm like i liked tua coming out did you see the be a lot better there was a throw that herbert made this week that made me like fall out of my damn chair okay so he's like in the pocket and i think it was i think it might have been crosby some edge the over he okay. grabs his back foot, right? So he's planted on his front foot and the edge grabs his back foot and lifts it like three feet off the ground. And so he's like leaning forward <laughs> on one leg and throws a dart like it's nothing and, and nails it. I'm like, what? Dude. What? <laughs> like he's a dude. This, this Thursday game, I think people don't realize it. This Thursday's game is between two of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play this sport. And this sport's yeah. been going on for a long time. There's been thousands of guys to throw the ball in the league. These are two of the most talented human beings to ever step on a football field. And they're both under 27. It's ridiculous. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be fun. And, yeah, uh, Justin Herbert is an absolute monster. And I've been a probably one of the bigger Mike Williams fans. I really wanted the Chiefs to go after him. If the Chargers are going to let him go. I think he uh, is underappreciated in the league, and he's – he always seems to make big plays, throw the ball near him. He goes up and gets it. Um, but do you have any other key matchups, Brett, as we get to uh, the final part of this video? Appreciate you for stopping by. Again, we're talking with Brett Coleman, uh, YouTube legend, NFL content creator. You can find all his content on YouTube by searching Brett Coleman. You know you've made it, Brett, when your YouTube channel is just like, it's my name. Just search Brett Coleman. I, I tried to come up with like a fun name when I first started out. And I was like, I, I, I I'm not that creative. I'm just going to do my name. If people like it, they like it. <laughs> you know? No, it's good. Hey, listen, it, you have, how, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube? Uh, 330 something thousand at that summer. Yeah. You're long. doing a, you're doing well. It's you're right. doing just fine. Uh, what final matchup, final thing that you're excited to watch in this game on Thursday night? What do you got? Uh, I would say Derwin versus the world. 
Um, I think that he is unequivocally one of the three best safeties in the league. And I love when he's healthy because I think it's good for football when somebody that talented is healthy. Um, I'm really curious to see how they use him, whether he's going to be the anti-Kelsey, you know, whether he's going to be, you know, uh, rushing a lot. Um, because sometimes in terms of against like mobile quarterbacks, they like to use him as like contain as a contain rusher a lot. And then they'll use their actual edges to go match up on the guards because they feel it's a little bit of an easier matchup. So, you know, maybe they'll kind of put him outside of Khalil or outside of Joey and say, you know, basically just be an athlete on the edge and, and wait for the other guys to, to flush him out to you. Uh, you could do a whole yeah. lot of different things with Derwin. So I'm really excited to see what they do as well, because he can match up against virtually anybody and probably be yeah. okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. There's a lot of stars on this field. This is going to be one of the marquee matchups for the NFL. It's crazy that it's in week two. And not only that it's in week two, it's on Thursday night, uh, which has its own things, but it's going to open up Arrowhead. I will be at the kingdom bar and grill for everybody watching the Kansas city area. If you want to come hang out, if you're not going to Arrowhead to watch the game and you want to uh, watch it with some other Chiefs fans, come hang out with us at the kingdom bar and grill. But I can't imagine how crazy Arrowhead is going to be. Um, I Brett, we know each other a little bit now and I'm pretty reserved, but I said this off season with everything that happened in the AFC, and then the AFC West specifically with, you know, Khalil Mack getting traded, the JC Jackson signing, everything the Raiders did with Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. And then obviously Randy Gregory, Russell Wilson, the Bronco, everything everybody did uh, that they were just gunning for the Chiefs and that we had, you know, kind of established that that everybody's going to give it their best shot. And if we still go out there and win that we were going to be insufferable and I would be leading the charge of like you did everything you could and you still couldn't beat us. So this is this is definitely the start of that. I'm excited for this one, as is the rest of the football watching world. But Brett, man, appreciate you for joining us this week. And that's all we've got for this episode of KCSN Update. Appreciate everybody out there. I'm sure most of you are Chiefs Kingdom. We appreciate you guys for stopping by and supporting us, trying something a little new. We know there's a lot of good places to get your Chiefs content. We appreciate being one of those places. If you did like this content, please hit that like and subscribe button. Leave us a comment to let us know what you think the key matchups and what the final score is going to be in this one on Thursday night, chiefs chargers, man, it it's going to be a good one. We'll have you covered every step of the way here at Casey sports network. Appreciate you for watching. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.